kind of annoying? Yeah, that's what woke Glory up one morning about 2 a.m. Constant this. And of course, in the middle of the night, that kind of scares you a little bit, so you can imagine how nervous she was as she made her way to the front door. And she opened a little bit, and when she opened, she realized that there was a squad car on our front lawn, lights, high beams on, facing our door. And of course, there was an officer there with his flashlight, and he's asking, is this address 322? She says, no, that's next door. (laughs) Of course, he apologized and excused himself, and she went back to bed. Now, that's a true story. And as you hear that story, I bet you're wondering, where was Gloria's brave knight in shining armor? (laughs) I don't know where he was, but I'll tell you where I was. I was still asleep in bed. See, I don't know if you understand this about me, and maybe you're like this. Uh, when I hit that pillow, y'all, I'm gone. She says she tried to wake me up. She says she yelled at me, but whatever. But there's something about that bed. When I hit it, I am gone. And I'm one of these people, like, whenever we travel, we have to go out of town to do whatever, and there's, we have to get a hotel room. I don't care if, if the TV is big and outdated and the picture is not as clear as mine at home or if the Wi-Fi is slow or if the, the, some of the staff aren't very hospitable or helpful. Stuff doesn't bother me. Or even if the great American breakfast isn't everything it's cracked up to be. I can live with all that as long as that bed's comfortable. I don't go to a hotel for their Wi-Fi or for their breakfast. I go to sleep and I want to be comfortable. Y'all with me? And if that... Excuse me for saying that. If the bed ain't right, nothing is. Y'all with me? Pardon my English. Now, believe it or not, the prophet Isaiah, though he's not talking about hotel beds or anything like that, I think he's saying kind of the same thing, that if the bed is not right, nothing is. See, understand this about Isaiah. He spends most of his days in the temple of God. And it's not, we, we tend to think this is the temple of God, and certainly it is, but The temple of God that Isaiah would have known is nothing small like this. I mean, it's a compound. And so he spends most of his days in the temple, conversing with people, engaging with people. And quite often engaging with the leaders of the people, speaking on God's behalf to them. Letting them know what God has to say about their dealings and what they are being a part of each day. We have this crazy sense that, you know, um, uh, faith and politics don't mix and you should keep things separate. We like to compartmentalize our life. Understand this, though, in the biblical sense, that makes no sense. You don't have faith here and politics here and family life here and work life here and all these other parts of our life separated. For somebody like Isaiah, for the people who, in biblical time, All of their life is woven together. You are a child of God. You believe in the power of God. And that has influence on every single part of your life. I think there's something that we can learn from that instead of trying to separate everything. But I mention that because here you have Isaiah, a religious figure, a prophet of God, someone who speaks on behalf of God, and he's meddling in the politics of the people. And what we understand is that the leaders had come up with some idea that they would make some kind of agreement with other countries, that they had maybe made an agreement or a pact with Egypt or Assyria or some other great 
country in order to protect themselves. It was their idea that this was going to be good for them in some way. And what Isaiah says is, no, it's not. Matter of fact, it's not good at all. And so you can hear him talking to the people. And what you have to understand about being a prophet is we all want to hear from God. We come here every week and I hope that we have the expectation as God's people that God is willing to speak to us, that God can still and does speak to us. People want to hear from God, but they don't want to hear it. That makes sense? The truth shall set you free, but first it's going to tick you off. Y'all with me? We want to hear from God, but we don't want to hear it. So the people are with Isaiah in the temple every day, and they want to know what God has to say. But when Isaiah tells them, nobody's very happy about it. What Isaiah says is your plans that you've made, you have not included God You have this idea that you'll make this agreement, you'll do these things with other people, and you're going to trust them more than you trust God. And he says, it's kind of like your bed is too small, too short, and the covers are too small. You ever laid in a short bed too small for you? I never forget when I was a child, my grandmother had a small love seat, leather, white leather, that I would always sleep in when I went to go visit grandma. And I remember when I started realizing that this couch it was too small for me. I couldn't lay comfortably anymore. How much that hurt my feelings about grandma's couch and what did she do to her couch. And what Isaiah says, these plans that you have made yourself, it's kind of like that in your bed is too short, and your covers are too small. They don't work. But of course, you can tell somebody that, and you can show them how insufficient their plans are, but do people want to listen to you? Not really. And I bet you've all heard that quote where somebody tells you, well, you've made your bed now. Yeah, laying it, lying it, who knows, right? And usually that comes from a parent, a loving parent, right? Where the child has done whatever, and you say, ah, no, 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 I'm not going to get you out of this. You've made, made your bed, now you lay in it. Lie in it, whatever. I don't know where we got that thought from, but I'm going to suggest to you this morning, it's not from God. God didn't tell us that. If anything, God is saying here through Isaiah, hey, you've made your bed. This is what it looks like. And if you do decide to make it your bed, this is what will happen. But you've made your bed, and I have something better to give. See, Isaiah says, you're going to do these plans, you're going to go through these ideas you have, and you're going to find out that they're not going to work because you didn't include God, because you didn't even care what God thought about them. 
But God doesn't say you're on your own now. Ha ha ha. Now you have to live with it. Instead, God says, therefore, see, I am laying in Zion a foundation stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. These ideas of yours that you've come up with on your own, these things that you've wanted to do, your own ideas, they will make you fall. God says, I have given you a sure stone to stand on. Now, for Isaiah and his people and his time, I think they would have understood that to mean God's presence, that God would dwell with them. And of course, the church, after so many years, after Christ has come, we've looked to that verse, we said, that's Jesus right there. That Christ has become our cornerstone. That Christ is the one we stand on. That Christ is the one that gives us stability. That God presence is with us. God says we've made our bed and now he lets us suffer. Instead, God says, I have something better for you. Are y'all with me? You guys are sure quiet. Maybe you're hungry. God has given us a cornerstone. And I think it's something we can praise God for because I don't think we wake up in the morning We have our first cup of coffee, get our teeth brushed, and get ourselves ready to go and think, hmm, I wonder what's the most unfaithful thing I can do today. (laughs) I don't think anybody wakes up and says, today is the day I'm going to do everything against God. I don't think we wake up and we decide that I'm just not going to listen to anything God has for me. We We don't do that. You listen to Isaiah again, you realize that what he says, the leader said, is probably not what they said. Make sense? No, it didn't. So let me read this to you. Because you have said, Isaiah says, we have made a covenant with death and with Shoal, we have made an agreement. When the overwhelming scourge passes through, it will not come to us, for we have made lies our refuge and in falsehood, we have taken shelter. Do you think the religious people of God really said those things? No, they didn't. But what Isaiah is saying, since you didn't include God in them, that's what you said. And none of us wake up and think, today I'm going to live a life of lies to the best of my ability. I think what really happens We get so comfortable in our own bed that we don't hear the danger knocking. We don't hear the trouble. We certainly can't see what's taking us. We're comfortable. Why would we need to get up? My wife got up for us. When we're too comfortable, We only see what we want to see. We don't recognize sometimes how our decisions are really about us, not God. We don't recognize that, well, maybe I haven't prayed about that. Maybe this is just something I want to do. It seems like Isaiah is telling us, 
we have that kind of life, that life falls. But God has given us something better. God has given us the cornerstone to stand on. So I want you to think about your own decisions. Think about some of the bigger decisions you've made in your life. How much did God have a part in that decision or decisions? Think about something you're dealing with right now, a decision you have to make or something that you're thinking about doing. How much have you asked God to be a part of the conversation? See, Isaiah says when God builds this cornerstone, it will be built around righteousness and justice. Is that included in our plans too? If not, we may fall. But praise God. And we aren't told you've made your bed. Now go lie in it. Instead, God says, okay, you've made your bed. But I have something better for you. We should pray. We should pray because I think often it's so easy for us to do our own things to the neglect of what God really wants for us to do. And if you want God to be your cornerstone to stand on that strength and security, then would you pray with me now? A loving God, we thank you for the grace that you have offered to us in Christ Jesus. And in his name, God, we pray to you this morning for the trust that we need and the faith that we need to stand firm in the rock that you have laid for us. Forgive us, God, when our priority has been to do whatever it is we want to do. But free us now so that we can faithfully and joyfully be obedient to your calling for our life. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.